has five barley loaves and two small fish. On Ash Wednesday, the, the church gathers from around the world to offer ourselves once again broken and blind and lost and sinful. We are broken and lost and blind and sinful throughout the year. But on this day, we recognize that and offer ourselves in our brokenness, blindness, lostness, sinfulness. Today, all over the world, people come to the altar of Jesus Christ different languages and different denominations, and the priest puts ashes on our heads and says, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. priest, four or five people down in the line, 
I could see the white collar on the black shirt, but I couldn't make out who it was. And when he got right up close to me, I knew that it was a priest that I knew in Mississippi who had been very patient with me when I was a boneheaded kid at camp. He was one of the people that was in charge of youth programs and summer camps. One of the people who would go out after lights out with a flashlight and try to catch counselors who had snuck out of the cabin at night. He almost caught me twice that I can remember. <laughs> and as he came up to me, he gave me a big hug that didn't last nearly long enough. And he held me at arm's length, at me with all my Episcopal finery on, and he said, well, I never saw this coming. <laughs> and while I was searching for something unfoolish to say, he said, you've come a long way from the Canton, Mississippi police station. <laughs> I tell the stories a lot. It's just sort of how I talk and how I preach. I've forgotten that story. <laughs> Maybe I have repressed it. In the summer of 1975, I was on the summer camp staff each of the sessions ended with a spook house back then. The people that lived there all summer long lived in this big, creaky old house. It was easy to think that it was haunted, and we let the campers think that. And the last night of most sessions, we would bring a group of campers through this spooky old house and tell them a scary story. And then the people who lived there for the whole summer, like myself, would put on makeup and costumes and jump out from behind doors and try to scare the little kids. It was cruel, really. <laughs> now that I think about it, <laughs> what we have always done, you know how we like to do what we think we've always done. This one night, my friend Miles was going to come and visit with us. He, was, he had been practicing um, as a football player at Mississippi State. And he, his practice was over. He was going to come spend a few nights in this big house with us. And we decided, since it was the last night of this session, and since we had the next day off, and since Miles was coming down from New York, we should have a party. Six or eight college kids living in the big house with no adult supervision. It didn't take a whole lot for us to decide that we were going to have a party. And we decided what we would do is go into town after the spook house was over and get party supplies. <laughs> you know, bean dip and chips. <laughs> Miles got there in time to be part of the spook house and we put him in so that the campers who had been through this before and who recognized us would say, oh, that's Cliff, oh, that's Key, oh, that's Dina. But when they got to Miles, they wouldn't know him. And it really messed them up. <laughs> Scared them badly. Miles was a, a defensive end, a little bit smaller than me, but much better built. And he was impressive and frightening. After the last batch of campers went through, we said, OK, let's take off all this makeup and put on some regular clothes, and we'll go into town and get bean dip and chips. And the director of the session came trotting down the road and said, wait, wait, wait. Please come back and assure the campers that you're just he and Dina and Cliff. And bring Miles. So we wound up going to each cabin, one by one. 
and telling the campers who we were, my friend Miles. And by the time we got done with all that, we were concerned that the store that sold bean dip and chips might be closing. And so somebody suggested, I hope it was somebody else suggested, that we should just go into town with all our makeup and costumes on. It'll be fun. We got there in time to see the store closing. And then somebody suggested, I hope it was somebody else suggested, that there was a store on the other side of the tracks that stayed open a little bit later that sold bean dip and chips. And we could just go over there. 1975 in Mississippi. And the other side of the tracks was not someplace we went very often. But we needed to have party supplies. We needed to have bean dip and chips. And so we went over and they were indeed open. And Miles and I went in and bought the party supplies two cases of bean dips and chips. <laughs> As we were bringing them out, the police car was rolling up. Dina had found three oranges in the back of this Volkswagen that we had rode out there in, written out there, and had juggled them for the crowd, which began to grow after midnight on Saturday night on the wrong side of the tracks in Canton, Mississippi, dressed like witches and goblins and monsters. The policeman got out of the car. You could tell he had been a policeman for about 20 minutes. He was scared of us and scared of the situation. He took out a pad of paper to write something down and couldn't figure out what to write. And he said, um, what's going on here? And the rest of the group, my group, decided that I should be the one to talk to the policeman. And so I went over and held out my hand. He was not interested in that. And I told him that we worked for a church camp, and I don't think that helped at all. I told him we were, had done a spook house, and now we were just in town to get party supplies. He said, did you ride in that car? I said, yes. He said, I'm going to need to see license and registration. And that's when Dina told us that that wasn't actually her car, but that she was pretty sure her brother knew where it was, and that she didn't really have a driver's license anymore. <laughs> That's when the young and honest policeman decided that we should go to the Canton, Mississippi police station and make a call. On our way there, the rest of the group decided that I should call the local priest. And I did. I woke up his monk, his wife. She was not amused at all. And I talked to the priest, and he said, stay there. <laughs> he came and got us and took us back to camp and didn't say a word. When we got out, he said, we'll talk about this tomorrow. And we did. Well, he did. We just listened and said, yes, sir. Now, skip ahead 30-something years. Oh, 40, 41 years. And that same priest from Mississippi is walking up the aisle of the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, to greet the 11th Bishop of Alabama. And he said, well, I never saw this one. 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is a lad here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many? Enough. More than enough. Thanks be to God.